Let's turn with me to Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us, everybody say us, us, make man in our image, in our image, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all that on the earth, over every creepy, crawly thing that creeps on the earth. It's like, the part that I want to make reference to is the us and our. God created and said, us and our. So who do you suppose us and our he's referring to? If God created and said, us and our... That means that there had to be more of one of them there. So, we could just say Jesus. Jesus was there. Everybody agree? Jesus was there. Some of the lyrics, Christy doesn't know what I was preaching about. Some of the lyrics that we were singing this morning, I was even talking about Jesus before, Jesus before. It's like, it's awesome. It's always so good. How the Holy Spirit just weaves everything through our, our services. Like, thank you, Lord. Well, I want to turn to one more scripture very quickly in Genesis 3.22. Now, we know that God created man. We've all heard the story of, of the Garden of Eden. And, and God created man, created him in his image, breathed life into him. Um, but man made a really bad decision. Temptation came his way. He had one, only one one order, one thing that he was given that he needed to, to pay attention to, to, to mind God. One, one commandment that he was given was to stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and man was tempted by that tree, by the serpent, that cunning serpent, and the fall of man took place. Man sinned, he was cast out of the garden. So we will look at Genesis 3.22, then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of, again, us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, you're going to have to cast him out of the garden. So man was judged, was cast out of the garden to go and to toil. But the point, again, is us, become like one of us. We know who God is. We also know who Jesus is. Jesus was there. Okay. Now, I want to turn to John. We're going to read, turn very quickly to John. Get into the New Testament. Is everybody in the first chapter of John? I'm just going to read for a little while here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, but you notice that, that it, it's capital W. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Say, was God. He was in the beginning with God. So let's just read that again, and let's just replace the Word with Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus. And without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In Jesus was life, 
and the life was the light of men. Uh, so cool, them singing about the light, the light, the light. Wasn't that awesome? In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light of Jesus, that all through him might believe. That all through whom? Jesus. John was not, he, John, was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man who comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But, but, verse 12, everybody say with me, but. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Whoa, now that's powerful right there, isn't it? Ow. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And when we think about what our rights are, we've all been given the right to receive him and become a child of God. Everybody say, that's awesome. I agree with you. That's good news. Even to those who believe in his name. Whose name? Jesus. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, full of grace and truth. John, John the Baptist, bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. <laughs> so Jesus' predecessor on earth, John, came before him preparing the way of the living Lord, but Jesus is making it really or but John is making it really clear here that he was before me, he is preferred over me. <laughs> and I am making that declaration for him. Prepare ye the way of the living Lord. You know that all of us are called to be like John the Baptist, preparing the way of the living Lord. He's coming again, and it's up to us to prepare the way and the people for his coming. Well, I heard two amens. Ow, thou, thank you. After me, uh, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And verse 16, and of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Ah. Saved by grace through faith. 
For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only, be the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. He made God known. He gave God the glory. Got something that I, I, I felt really strongly as I, as I was studying and I was, I was reading this and, and studying more about Jesus and going over this, I, just, I, I wrote this down. I made a summary that I've... I'm going to talk some more. We're going to visit a couple more scriptures back up, but... Jesus left heaven, subjected himself to the limitations, temptations, and authority of man to become not only the spotless, perfect sacrifice for all, all our sins, but the living example of what man, with the Spirit of God living in him, is capable of. Can I read that again? Man, almost make me cry here for a second. <clears throat> Jesus left heaven, left the comforts, left the position that he held in heaven. Jesus left heaven, subjected, <clears throat> subjected himself to the limitations, the temptations, and the authority of man to become not only the spotless perfect sacrifice for our sins but to be the living example of what man with the spirit of God living in him is capable of I wrote that and it still seems really powerful every time I read it Turn to first <clears throat> we're going to go this direction. John 12. Now we're going to go to Colossians 1 verse 16. Colossians 1 verse 16. For by him all things were created. I just wanted to read this again from, from another in Colossians. Paul wrote Colossians. We read from John, For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or, or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. So Jesus has the authority over all things. All things were created by him, through him and for him. And the reason that Jesus came 
subjected himself to live as a man was for you and for me. It wasn't all about him. It wasn't about his glory. It wasn't about what he could do or it wasn't about who he could be. It was about glorifying his father and bringing reconciliation to a lost, broken, and dying world to be reconciled back to the Father. When you think that everything, I just think like this, everything was created through Jesus. God spoke the word, he spoke these things into creation. Through Jesus. Everything was created through Jesus. Sometimes just wrapping your mind around that, it's like everything was created through Jesus. Now, reconciliation. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus came to the earth to be that sacrifice for our sins, that living sacrifice that gave himself. He subjected himself to mankind, to the authority. I'm going to touch on this, subjected to the author, himself to the authority of men. But the other thing, since everything was created through him, reconciliation to God also comes through him. Does this make sense? Is this, it's like, whoa. Created through him, reconciliation through him. He's the door. He's the gateway. It's all about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, it's all about you. We sing about him. We worship him. We worship him. We love him. And why? Because it is all about him. He is the way. Through him was creation. Through him is reconciliation. Oh. I want to turn, I'm going to to pull one on you here just a little bit now, Linda. I want to turn to Luke. I don't think I gave you any Luke there. We just heard the, we heard the story, the the story of Jesus' birth in a manger. And and when we think of of how he came, how he came to earth and, and how he was born, and it was in a manger. He was born to a, a virgin, a young virgin girl and a carpenter's son. He was not born into the house of Pharisees. He was not born into anything majestic, great, or wonderful. Instead, it was a lowly, lowly birth in a manger. It's like, man, when we want to be lifted up, when we want to be raised up, when, when we in our lives want to be raised up a few notches, he said, yes, Lord, yeah. then we lower ourselves. We humble ourselves. Jesus was of the most humble beginnings. Oh, you want to be elevated in the sight of God? Humble yourself before men. It's like, ah. I want to move on to the move to the story of Jesus when he was twelve years old. Every year, his parents made the made the journey. 
to go to the to 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 celebrate the oh the Passover Passover feast wasn't it to go celebrate the Passover feast so they took Jesus when he was 12 years old and and they made the trip they made the journey made the trek and they got there and, and they were celebrating they were in all of the activities and they got so busy in all of the activities that they ended up loading up and headed home and they left Jesus there well he was 12 years old now almost a teenager well three days they realized that they uh, one day's journey they realized that they had left Jesus so they hurried back they were panicked I mean they were anxiety they were quite anxious and, and looking all over trying to find him there's a bunch of people that are there it's like I remember we we did the same thing with our son when he was two years old at the lagoon amusement park and lost him for about an hour and we were panicked we're talking about now it's been three days when they get back there and he where they found Jesus was in the middle of the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers absolutely baffling the teachers they were so amazed at his ability at his knowledge at his wisdom as, as he was learning sitting in the middle of them but also he was asking them questions and then I believe he was answering his own questions because it says they were amazed at his learning, at his wisdom, and at his questions and answers. I believe he was asking them questions that were baffling them and then answering the questions. Jesus, at 12 years old, realized what his mission was, who his true father was, and when his parents found him, and they were said, why have you done this to us, Jesus? And he says, what are you anxious about? Don't you know I have to be about my father's business? And I'm sure they grabbed him by his ear, <laughs> took him right out, and, and they headed home. It says right after that, that Jesus continued to grow in stature, in wisdom, and found favor with both God and man. He went back with his parents and subjected himself to them. I think what a great lesson in that is that when we get to a point, and I believe that this applies to all of us, man, when we start growing in the Lord and when we know that we're beginning to operate in our gifting, and that God is speaking to us and He's showing us stuff, man, we are ready to be about our Father's business. Let's get it done. But sometimes we fail to recognize the authority that's been set over us, and instead of operating in a culture of honor, it's like, God told me this, I know I have this revelation, and I'm going with it. I don't care what man says to me. I'm going to do what God has shown me. I believe that this right here is an incredible example that Jesus is setting. Even though he was at 12 years old, he had an incredible knowledge, wisdom, revelation. Tried to get that across to his parents. Don't you know i got to be about my father's business? And they straightened him right out. He subjected himself to them for another eight years before he started his ministry does this does this make sense to anybody 
Jesus left heaven, subjected himself to the limitations, temptations, and authority of man to become not only the spotless, perfect sacrifice for our sins, but the living example of what man, with the Spirit of God living in him, is capable of. Zeal without wisdom seldom ends up producing fruit. Zeal without wisdom seldom ends up, seldom ends up producing fruit. We have got to be paying attention and submissive to those that God places over us or in our life and says, listen to them. Does this make sense? John 14, 6. Go back to where Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him because you've seen me. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. See, I believe Jesus was our living example, that, that, that the Spirit of God, living in Jesus Christ, wrapped in a man, he is somebody that was fully God, Spirit of God, fully man, he was raised as, came into life as a baby. He was born like every other baby, except he was born in a manger. Being fully God, fully man, underwent every kind of temptation that we've been through and came out sinless. Underwent every challenge, all of the kind of things that we go through in life, thinking, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Jesus went through it all. I was having a conversation with someone the other day and saying that, yeah, well, he, he never had a bad thought enter his head. I, I disagree. I think that he had every temptation, every challenge that we have, only he came out victorious. He didn't ponder, he didn't keep, he took every thought captive, put it on the shelf and put it away, as can we. He has given us. My word says, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me the strength. Now, how reconciliation is through whom? Jesus. Jesus. I can accomplish it through who? Jesus. Yes, I agree. Let's look really quickly. Uh, go to Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many 
brethren. Now, what is the right that we have? Right to be sons of God. Those that believe were given the right to be sons or daughters of God. Given the right by believing in Him to be sons or daughters. Now, Jesus came to earth and was born as a baby. We have the opportunity to be reborn. To be as Jesus. To be empowered to do what Jesus did. And he says, greater things will you do. Jesus was this incredible example of what man with the Spirit of God living in him is capable of. He came to earth taking on the limitations of man. The physical limitations because he was God in the flesh. Does everybody get this? Does this make sense? It says that we were predestined to be conformed into his image. But what we have to come and what we have to realize and what we have to make sense of is Jesus realized he knew what he was here for. I have to be about my father's business. When we come to the realization is that that's what we were created for, that that's what we're here for, it's not all about me. It's not about the wealth that I can amass. It's not about the comforts of life that I can, can, can gather for myself. It's about being about his business. See, when Mary, when the angel of the Lord came to Mary, this, it's, it's another scripture in Luke there, when the angel of, of the Lord came to Mary and he started telling her all of this stuff about what was going to happen and she says, I'm your maidservant, let, let it be unto me. It's like what you say, your word, let it be in my life. I'll step in. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I'm willing to do whatever you're calling me to be. This really doesn't make sense. I haven't known a man. Now, how am I going to be giving birth to this baby when I have not known a man? I've not had any of those kind of relations with a man. So be it. Let it be unto me, Lord. I believe that's what we're being called to say and do. It's like, Whatever you have, let it be unto me, Lord. Let it be unto me. We have been given that same Holy Spirit that's made available to us that resurrected Jesus Christ from the grave. The same power is living in me that resurrected Jesus Christ from the grave. We are called to be His hands and feet when finally we get ourselves to the place it's like, okay, God, I, I, I'm lowering myself. I, uh, uh, Jesus, use me however you can. Use me however you want. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Him. 
and it's about His plan for your life, His plan for my life. Let's stand together. It's Christmas, and it's all about Jesus. If you've never accepted Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, this is a great opportunity for you. If we could get the prayer team to come up here. If you've never accepted Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, He has given Himself for you. There's nothing that you have to do except acknowledge Him, accept Him, receive Him in your heart and life, and you will be given the right to be a son or daughter of God. If that's a decision that you have never made before, let's just all close our eyes right here. And I would just ask you, if you've never made the decision this morning, but you feel that God is tugging on your heart, that you want to make that connection with Jesus, that you would like Him to be Lord and Savior of your life, that you would like to walk in the freedom that He has for you, the power of the authority to call yourself a son or a daughter of God because it's your right, would you raise your hand with every eye closed this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you that you are such a loving, caring Father. And I thank you that you gave your Son for our lives, that you sacrificed your only begotten Son, that we might have eternal life that you sent him to be that amazing, incredible example that we can do what he has done. We can be what you have called us to be. You have empowered us. We just give you thanks. We just give you praise. And we submit ourselves to you this morning, saying, have your way, Lord. Let it be unto me. Let's just say that together. Let it be unto me. Whatever you have for me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I just pray that the Lord would bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you his peace. Have a fabulous Christmas. Enjoy your family. See you next Sunday. <laughs>